Hello and welcome to another episode of CX Conversations. This is your host Vivek bringing you CX lessons from CX leaders from around the world. Today in the CX Conversations, we are going to be talking about demystifying the customer journey, a road to customer centricity. Joining me on this conversation is a leading voice in customer experience and customer journey mapping, Anet France. Anet is the founder and CEO at CX Journey, a global customer experience consulting firm based in Orange County, California. She is a proponent of building great customer experience through amazing employee experience. Anet is involved in helping businesses understand their employees and customers and identifying what drives retention, satisfaction, engagement and the overall experience of both. Named as one of the top 100 most influential tech women on Twitter by Business Insider, she is also the official member of the Forbes Coaches Council and is vice chair of the board of directors at CXPA, a non-profit association dedicated to strengthening the CX profession globally. Anet is CCXP certified customer experience professional herself and has over 25 years of experience starting from consumer research to leading client services and customer experience for brands like Medallia, Allegiance which is now Merit CX, Confirmit and Fidelity Investments. She is also the co-founder and principal at Insight Wave, a training and consulting firm enabling businesses to elevate their CX by developing CX competencies in-house. A regular contributor on Forbes.com, Anet also shares her knowledge through her personal blog on cxjourney.com. That's cx-journey.com, which is one of the best learning resources on CX. Named as one of the must-follow CX influencers by us at Customer Guru, also, she is one of the most open and reachable CX leaders around the world. I connected with Anet on LinkedIn and have been following her work for almost a year now, and I have personally learned a great deal from her content. And I'm super delighted to have her on my podcast. Anet, welcome to CX Conversations. Thank you so much for having me. And wow, what an awesome introduction. Thank you for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anet. Let's start by understanding what customer journey map is. Can you explain briefly okay. what is a customer journey map? All right. You know, in you know, probably in its simplest terms, it is a way for businesses to walk in their customer shoes and their employees shoes, right? This isn't just about um, customers, it's also about employees. Um, so to map um, the, you know, the customer experience and the employee experience, walking in their shoes to really understand what the customer is doing, thinking and feeling as they're interacting with the brand for, you know, whatever interaction it is, whether it's, you know, a purchase, it's calling customer service, it's, you know, doing some research on the website, you know, whatever it is, um, really walking in their shoes to understand that experience. Wonderful. You make it sound so simple. And uh, how should a company go about preparing a customer journey map? Yeah, it sounds simple and yet it's not. So the really interesting thing about journey mapping is that a journey map is a tool and it's a process. And the process part of it is probably the most important aspect of it. But let me just let me talk about 
just, you know, to answer your question, um, the tool part of it and how to build the map. So typically what I do, and I have this six step process that I take my clients through. So the, the actual creation of the map is, is the first two steps. The first step is to plan. And that's really all about, um, you know, the prep work that you need to do before you actually create a map. And so that's things like, you know, for which personas am I going to map? Um, for which, which journey am I going to map? You know, what experience or what interaction am I going to map? Uh, what are the, what's the scope of the map? You know, what, where, where does the experience start and where does it end? What are the objectives and what am I going to do with this map? Right. And then also the success metrics. How will I know once I've created the map and I've done all this work, how will I know that it's, that it's successful, that we've achieved our objectives or achieved our outcomes? So those are some of the, you know, sort of heavy prep kinds of things that you have to have in place before you even get started. You've got to know the who, the what, the why, you know, all of that. And you've got to identify who's going to participate um, in the, in the mapping workshop. So participation might be um, first, first and foremost, it's got to be customers, right? You've got to map with your customers. And second, you've got to identify stakeholders from within your organization who are going to be involved in the mapping as well. And then the second step in that six step process it is the actual mapping workshop. You know, what do you, what do we do when we get into that workshop? And so, um, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to tell everybody we're mapping the current state. I always say, you know, you can't transform something you don't understand, right? So we've got to map the current state uh, experience so that we can understand what's going right and what's not going right. So we can keep doing the things that we're doing well and we can identify those things that we need to fix. Um, so we get in there and we start mapping by you know, uh, mapping what the customer is doing, what the customer is thinking, what the customer is feeling. And there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of different frameworks that you can use for mapping, right? Um, a lot of different swim lanes and a lot of different approaches that you can, and a lot of different types of um, information that you can include in that map. But the three key things are really about doing, thinking, and feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and you might add things like, you know, who are the people and the tools and the systems that the customer interacts with as they're, you know, going through that journey, those kinds of things. But you're really going to map at a, a level of detail that allows you to really un understand that experience. You can't think about this mapping as, you know, um, need, consideration, you know, need, awareness, consideration, selection, you know, those life cycle stages, that's way too high level. We've got to map at the experience level. And so, Say, for example, you're, I love to use the example of going to get coffee, right? You think about, oh, I, okay, I need to go get some coffee. Well, the coffee experience isn't just what happens in the store as you're placing your order, right? The coffee experience begins with, okay, I need my coffee. <laughs> we all need our coffee first thing in the morning. And then it's, you know, get in the car, drive to the coffee shop. You're going to get probably get stuck in traffic, so that's going to impact your experience. You've got to find parking. There may not be parking or the maybe, you know, that's going to affect your experience. You walk into the coffee shop and there's probably going to be a line and you're going to have to wait. So that's going to impact your experience. So getting to that level of detail to really understand where things are going well, where things aren't so that we can actually um, improve the experience. So I hope that gives, I, there's a ton more to that, but I hope that gives some sense of how we go about uh, creating the journey map. One thing that I wanted to note too, before we, we go on is, um, that I like to do journey mapping workshops in, um, 
analog mode is what I call analog mode, right, versus digital mode. So I'll start with butcher paper and post-it notes or butcher, butcher paper and sticky notes um, and, and map that way. It gets people up out of their chairs and talking and questioning and thinking about what the experience really was and then taking the map from that analog and then digitizing it so that we can really adhere to some of the rules of, uh, of journey mapping. Well, that's interesting. And while you were saying this, I was also thinking, do people who are involved in the journey map, they come up with questions as to why should we even bother uh, about the customer's experience in the traffic? Or let's take that coffee example. They've not even reached our coffee, coffee place. Uh, how, how do you kind of uh, tackle those kind of questions? It's a, it's a great question. And here's, here's the thing, right? The experience isn't just what happens right there, you know, and even uh, take a call center, um, a customer service example, right? The, the experience isn't just what happens right there with the, um, with the, you know, customer service representative, right? The experience, we have to think about what happens before and what happens after, because as we design the new experience, we've got to mitigate those issues right so in the coffee shop for example you are stuck in traffic and there's no parking you know so you so you already walk into the coffee shop frustrated because all you wanted to do was get your coffee right and so um so if the coffee shop knows that they can help to mitigate some of that frustration so when you walk into the into the store you know, maybe they give you a free muffin or there's some video playing or some relaxing music or something just to sort of shift your mindset and kind of get you thinking a little bit differently and, and you know, taking a second to take a deep breath and relax and, and hey, you're here now, we're, we're <laughs> you're in our hands, you're going to have coffee in just a minute, you know, kind of thing. And even with the, you know, with the call center, if we think about what happened before before the customer actually had to call customer service, we can, we can mitigate that as well. You know, when a customer calls customer service, they're calling because they had a problem somewhere, somewhere, you know, you know, marketing, the messaging was wrong. The product was designing correctly. The documentation was wrong. Something happened. So if we understand that whole experience, um, then we can going forward redesign the experience to to mitigate that. So that's really what it's all about when we think about the things that happen outside of outside of the brand's control when we're mapping is because we we do want to mitigate that as we redesign the experience. Yeah, yeah, kind of that kind of makes sense now. Now the way you've put it out, I'm thinking like even being as employees or as uh, uh, customer service reps or even let's suppose the barista at the coffee house, uh, being aware that someone walking through that door could have just like encountered very bad traffic and could be coming in yep. with a bad mood. Having that awareness could bring about some level of uh, acknowledgement and empathy towards the customer. So it, it certainly exactly happens. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's the key word empathy, right? That's what, and that's what journey mapping is all about too. It's about building that empathy and developing that empathy for the customer and really putting the customer front and center. So, yep. Great. Point. Uh, yeah, makes sense. So do you think a uh, customer journey map should be a one-time activity or should companies set aside some time to do the customer journey map every month or quarter and who should be responsible for keeping the momentum alive for this activity? 
So interesting, interesting question, right? I just did a webinar about a week or so ago on journey mapping and somebody asked me this question too. So a couple of things come into play here. How often can you make changes, right? So, so the map needs to be updated if the experience changes, if the customers change, you've got new customers, different types, of, different personas, different, um, you've got new products, if the business changes, if the business environment changes, the marketplace changes. So the maps should be updated according to those changes. And those changes don't happen on a weekly or monthly basis, right? And typically what I see is maps might be updated every six months or, or a year. Again, depends on what's happening in the environment and depends on how all of that impacts the experience. Um, customers' needs and expectations change, right? Those kinds of things. Other products, um, competitors are introduced that change the perspective and change the uh, expectations for your customers. Those are all factors that need to be taken into account for determining the frequency of, um, of mapping. So there's no set really no set rule in terms of uh, the time. In terms of who owns it, well, ideally, you know, it, the ownership starts with your CX organization, right? It, that's typically where it begins because those are the folks who are typically in the know about journey mapping. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, the, there are various departments um, throughout the organization that could be doing the journey mapping. Um, you could have your CX champions set up as part of your governance structure, um, and those folks are departmental or, or business unit representatives who champion the customer and the CX transformation throughout the organization. They could be trained to then take over and take on the journey mapping for their areas. When I was with Fidelity, you mentioned earlier that I was with Fidelity. When I was with Fidelity, we had those ambassadors who then, um, because it's a large, very large organization, right, 50,000 employees, we had those um, ambassadors throughout the organization who then took on journey mapping and, and did the mapping for their um, particular areas of the business. Okay, makes sense. Now, I'm, I'm also thinking, like, do you, have you seen companies take up CGM activity in batches because there could be different personas, different journeys to map, and maybe it's not possible for people to be involved in the journey mapping activity for days together because it, it does take time. It absolutely, it takes time. Yeah. And typically the way that they, they've picked or that I recommend that they pick the journeys and the personas is to a, with regards to the, to the journeys to pick, start with, you know, a couple of different things, right? The low hanging fruit, the things that we know are painful for our customers because we've heard it. We've heard it from our customers. We've heard it from our employees, or we just know we've seen it, right? We've seen it happen. And then also those things that are, that are also then painful for the business too, but always putting the customer perspective first. The other thing is, and then the things that we hear in the feedback from our customers. So those, those are things that I consider, you know, low hanging fruit. You are aware that these are pain points, go fix them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of the personas, I would typically focus on, you know, do sort of the 80-20 rule on the personas and focus on um, the, the key personas. And occasionally I, I recommend clients actually use an outlier persona as, a, as the persona for their mapping because sometimes the outliers get them to think differently, right? Because we all sort of get stuck in this design rut. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those outlier personas have different different journeys and different perspectives that we 
bring into the picture and it gets people to sort of brainstorm and think differently about what's happening out there. So, mm-hmm. so, that, so, but that's typically it's the 80, 20 rule in terms of the personas. Wow. That's a, that's a very good tip. Now I've also noticed that as exciting as the CGM activity is companies generally lack a follow through strategy for customer journey mapping. Now, what would be yeah. your word of advice for companies doing the CGM? on how they can yep. stay on the path of utilizing the outcomes from the CGM to improve the customer experience in the end. So I think the key thing here is that they have to recognize and realize that it's a tool and a process and you have to follow the process. It's named different things out there, journey management. I, I just refer to it as a journey mapping process. Okay. Um, it's a, like I said earlier, I have a six-step process. So I mentioned what the first two were. The third one is then, um, you know, looking inward, really um, developing service blueprints and looking at your own people, tools, systems, and processes that support the journey that you're um, delivering. Because you can't fix what's happening on the outside for the customer if you don't first fix what's happening on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, they need to go into um, really identifying what the moments of truth moments of truth are what the pain points are um, conducting root cause analysis developing those action plans to start fixing the things that are broken right now and then the, the fifth step would be going into future state design and ideating and designing that future state experience and the sixth step is really around implementing it's a, it's a, around doing the work so so to answer your question the short answer is you've got to follow the process you can't just think, uh, you know, I've mapped and I'm done because that's faulty. It's faulty thinking. And we've got to get people to shift the thinking on this to say, you know what, just because I map, I've mapped, I'm not done. The map is really the catalyst for change. The map gives yeah. us so much information. We just have to go and, and use it, use that information. True. So the CGM shouldn't be the goal. It's just a means to a goal. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, great. So my last question is, uh, can you, uh, I'm sure like apart from all of the content that you put out over there, can you name a few books or resources that people can use to learn more about uh, CGM? You know, the interesting thing is that there really isn't a book out there that focuses on, you know, sort of even what I talk about my six step process. So the good news is it's that work that one is in in the works so i'm hoping that i'll have that done by the end of this year that is my goal but there are two um other resources that i would um, share with folks the first one is a book by jim kalbach k-a-l-b-a-c-h it's called mapping experiences so it's a great resource for um for anybody who's thinking about uh, mapping customer journeys the other resource that i would send people to is a site uh, called designingcx.com. And there's some great resources there in terms of um, journey mapping templates and the process and examples, all kinds of really great tools and templates there. So so I would uh, recommend those too, for sure. Wonderful, Annette. Thank you so much for those recommendations. And thanks once again for uh, coming on to the CX Conversations, sharing all of this knowledge about CX, CX and CGM with, uh, with me and uh, my listeners. Uh, we are delighted to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to finally um, 
quote unquote meet you. Um, and, and thank you for having me as part of your uh, podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Um, this is your host, Vivek, signing off from another episode of CX Conversations. Until next time, see you. Bye.